Yo, 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 what is up? This is Brandon from Embrace here, back again, season two, going in strong. It's been a while since I've made a podcast, and it's so long for the long wait. I've had millions and billions of people waiting for this episode, so I guess I'll finally put it out. Um, this one's, this is kind of just an introductory to season two, um, kind of give you guys uh, what to look forward to in the next couple of weeks. Um, my plan is to throw out an episode every Wednesday morning. So um, maybe more frequent, but right now it's just every Wednesday morning we'll have a new episode. Um, we have a couple of guests lined up um, this season. We're going to have five guests total um, coming from a um, a type 1 diabetic who's made it in the music industry. Um, she's a radio host and she's going to tell us about the ins and outs of that and how she helped JDRF, um, bring a DJ set, um, free to the, um, JDRF one walk here in Arizona. We have a type one diabetic, uh, fitness trainer. We have a type one diabetic, um, aviator that's learned who's getting, who got his pilot's license and is fighting to, um, make it, um, um, pass the law that type one diabetics are, um, can fly commercially commercially because right now type 1 diabetics um cannot but with such um improvements with the uh, dexcom and things like that and cgms um you know he sees that diabetes is not really an issue anymore if you're flying commercially um who else do we have we have a diabetic um um we have a, a type 1 diabetic artist. We have I'm going to have my parents on, tell them about my crazy story um, beyond just me and that week in the hospital. My parents uh, remember that more than I do. I was seven, so I don't remember a lot. I just remember getting a lot of Dragon Ball Z toys, which is awesome. So um, that's what to look forward to. We're going to cover a lot of topics this this uh, month, a lot of topics that um, I really um, – a lot of you guys ask me in my DMs, a lot of topics that I had when I was younger um, and new to this um, diabetes thing. Um and we're going to do a little bit of myth busting, you know. Is it true that um, uh, test or taking your insulin 20 minutes before will completely eradicate the spike of a large count meal? Um, we'll be talking about um, is what is the correct amount of uh, grams of carbs that you should eat per meal to avoid spikes. Um, we're going to talk about exercising and type 1 diabetes. We're going to be talking... Um, about some of the more mental um, side of type 1 diabetes. So I'm really, really excited for this season. Um, a lot a lot, a lot, lot to unpack for this season. Um, a couple of things going on right now. I don't know if you guys noticed, but we are in quarantine. <laughs> um, the world is, is shut down pretty much. The world is crazy. Um, it's partly, in fact, of why I'm starting this, this season. Um, <laughs> due to boredom a little bit. Not going to lie. But it's something I've been, I've been um, I've spacing on. So I, I, I've had to do it for a while now. Um, but yeah, this craziness of the COV-19, COVID-19, the coronavirus, um, whatever you want to call it, it's, uh, taking, taking the world by storm a little bit. Um, right now from the recording of this episode, we have been, um, quarantined now for about two, three weeks, um, officially starting, um, today we are officially allowed, I think it's like military enforced or police enforced that we have to stay in our house, um, we can't leave the house unless for food or medicine or another important reason. Um, but yeah, so things are getting pretty intense. Um, I don't think, believe it's that scary or that intense, but we're, these are just crazy precautionary measures. So, you know, I understand um, to prevent, you know, more spreading and things like that. So, you know, just been doing a lot of reading, a lot of uh, researching and, and writing and um, 
reaching out to people for this this podcast in that in that meantime so i'm still working on stuff for you guys i have a lot of fun ideas for videos and things like that um if you don't follow me on instagram we've been doing a lot of questions and and i've been getting to know a lot of you guys um recently we've had a really cool question um so we started off with the question the question was what are you guys doing in your free time you know a lot of people said said um knitting a lot of people are playing the new animal crossing game which i need to get um a lot of people are reading and writing and eating a lot just as i am it's so sad to the point where i find thrill in going downstairs and making food that's like the highlight of my day because it, or not the highlight but the most adventurous part of my day because i can't leave you know it's just it's it's a little crazy so um so but anyways after that question i asked hey guys i want you guys to tell me what the next question should be so we had a lot of cool submissions and one that i picked was someone said we should do a question on um about our first or our, the story about us getting diabetes our diagnosis story and a lot of really a lot of cool people not cool people a lot of people had cool you guys are all cool a lot of people had um great stories to tell so i want to share some of those um today so stay tuned um i'm going to be reading some of those stories and sharing my thoughts on them um i want to elaborate on those stories and and give you my thoughts on those things um in those personal stories and i appreciate you guys sharing those things with me i wasn't able to get too much in detail when you guys submitted the questions because there was like a whole bunch of them so i wanted to elaborate uh, more than just the confinements of a few um words so um so that's what we're going to do today on the, today's episode um tomorrow if you're listening to this now our next question is going to be one it's going to be um pun- uh it's going to be a yes or no question pumps or needles uh um your pumps or syringes um and then um so i'm gonna go and see what the actual question was let me open it up um this is getting okay so the question is um where is it Okay, cool. What have you done that someone told you you couldn't do because you are diabetic? I love that question. And that's such an inspiring story um, an inspiring tale for a lot of people. A lot of us have that scenario and a lot of us have that experience. A lot of people tell us things that we can't do. We end up doing them, which is so it's such an important step for you as a person and as a diabetic to learn that you can do those things that people tell you that you can't. You know, just going back to me, um, people told me I shouldn't do sports. I ended up doing wrestling. Uh, I did ROTC, I did running, I did swimming. So, you know, I just, I didn't have any ambitions to do those things until people told me that I couldn't. And then I did them. I wasn't the best at it, but I, I did it. I kept up with all my peers and I had fun. So, um, a lot of people are going to tell you things that you can't do. Maybe it's sometimes your parents and it's not always a negative thing, but you know, they're always looking out for you. Your parents don't want you to get low or, or high or, or get sick during an event. But you know, it's kind of how you learn how to handle this thing. You know, you can't really handle or learn how to handle type 1 diabetes if you're just staying at home. That's the first step, of course. you got to learn how to, you know, take control of it before you go out and just, you know, go crazy. But, you know, it's steps. Um, but, yeah, that's my question for tomorrow. So please tap in. My handle um, for Instagram is embrac3movement. Um, again, that's E-M-B-R-A-C, the number three, movement, M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat as well, um, as well as YouTube. Um, so that's the question for tomorrow. Um, I hope you guys are doing okay with this whole quarantine thing. Um, 
you know, stay strong. A lot of this is a mental, a mental game. Um, I see it in myself as well. Kind of, it can bring you down when you have to be inside all day, especially if you enjoy the company of other people, um, and being around, you know, your friends and and stuff like that. But don't worry, this is just, you know, it's just a, it'll it'll go by. It'll be it'll be here and gone. It's be it'll be something that we laugh about later on. You know, um, you guys are such a strong community. This is something that we know how to deal. We know how to deal with illness. We know how to deal with, um, troubles. We know how to deal with, um obstacles that come in our way we we go beyond we embrace them and we we attack them full on so in doing that we can find solace in knowing that we can we can handle this virus thing you know we already got type 1 diabetes under our belts what else you know we can we can fight this um in that same respect though i i did a post on my instagram earlier today about um the embrace foundation's five friendly safety reminders regarding COVID-19 and I want to share that with you guys today um a lot of you guys don't know that the coronavirus is a virus that attacks the immune system um and diabetes is a uh, um an autoimmune disease and the term they're using for it is that it is um it is what do you call it it's um immune we are immune sensitive what I don't know there's a specific word for it we're um but anyways, we're at higher risk. If we do happen to get this virus, we're at higher risk. Um, I, that's why I took this thing seriously a lot earlier because I I, I know how serious uh, heard about how serious it is as a type one diabetic. So just take all the precautionary measures beyond what your peers are doing. Take it that step further. Um, and here are a couple of steps that I wanted to share with you guys. All of these things are are taken from um, respected sources, um, valid, trusted sources, um, CDC. Um, FDIC, all these, you know, people that basically people that know what they're talking about. So let's start with, um, I found this really cool, um, anagram to help us from, uh, help us remember, um, what to do when we're washing our hands. So it's step S T E P, which stands for safeguard after toilet, before eating and after playing. So, um, just remember that step when you have to wash your hands, safeguard after toilet, before eating and after playing. So after you go to the bathroom, you do your business, you wash your hands, of course, just like you always do. Before eating, I don't always wash my hands before I eat. I know I should, but I just, sometimes I don't. And, you know, as a type 1 diabetic, you gotta, excuse me, you have to wash your hands before you eat anyways because you have to test, right? So let's try to, um, you know, make sure we remember to wash our hands before we eat and after we play. You know, I'm an adult. I'm 25 years old, and I still play. I still run around. I still take laps. I still jog. I still run. I still work out. So that's playing. So let's make sure we wash our hands after that. So remember step, um, safeguard, toilet, eating, playing. Step. Um, Number two, lather, scrub, spread, wash, and rinse. Next, we have um, a couple of tips on how to reduce your risk of a coronavirus infection. So this is from the World Health Organization. Clean your hands with soap and water or alcohol-based hand scrub. Uh, cover your nose and mouth when coughing and sneezing with tissue or flexed elbow. Avoid close contact with anyone with cold or flu-like symptoms. Thoroughly cook meat and eggs and avoid unprotected contact with live or with live wild or farm animals. Um, that last one I didn't know. I didn't know that you were supposed to avoid um, contact with animals. So um, I just found out that when I was finding the, the these lists. Next is um, um, a, a list of eight things to do uh, to protect protect yourself against the coronavirus so you want to avoid close contact with anyone showing symptoms of respiratory illness wear gloves um, wash or change them daily 
Wash your hands. Wash your towels if um, they have touched your hands. Avoid touching doorknobs and banisters. Um, that's a great. That's a great um, tip. Maybe carry around a, a pocket full of tissues and open the doorknobs with that tissue and then throw the tissue away. Um, cover your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze. Wear a surgical mask. They are, however, not that effective and must be changed daily. Um, and then cook food thoroughly. This cooking food thing, um, I didn't know. Another thing I didn't know. So a lot of you guys might not know that as well. So um, you know. Make sure you guys cook your food thoroughly if you're not, if you are not. Um, next, this one comes from the Oregon Health um, Organization. Um, so this one is, how can I avoid getting the uh, COVID-19? Right now, the risk of getting the novel coronavirus COVID-19 is very low in the U.S. Steps you can take to prevent the spread of flu and the common cold can also prevent the spread of the coronavirus. So again, wash your hands, avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. This is something that's new to this list. Um, again, something very important to remember. So always remember to avoid touching your eyes, avoid touching your nose and avoid touching your mouth. I guess these are the most sensitive areas that's most easily, um, susceptible to the virus. So make sure you guys are always washing your hands and never touching those, those areas. Avoid contact with sick people and stay home if you're sick. Cover your mouth and nose with a tissue or sleeve when coughing or sneezing. Um, lastly, it's how to, um, this one's how to stick together by staying apart. Remember, no handshakes, hugs, or kisses unless you live together. Don't go to restaurants, bars, or parties. Uh, stay two meters apart uh, where possible. Trains and meetings. Now, this is chains actually to six feet apart. Um, that's the official statement from CDC. So, um, remember to stay six feet apart from people if you can. And remember that and keep that in your back pocket. Um, that's how you properly social distance um, and social isolate. Um, and this one's kind of sad, but, it, you know, uh, you guys, it's important. Children may have to avoid grandparents for a while, which sucks. I know you, a lot of you guys have grandparents. You love your grandparents. Um, but it's something, to, it's something important. It's that, this last, that last um, point actually is more not for you, but it's for your grandparents, you know. Um, older people are actually more susceptible 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 to this virus and they're more high risk so um the group of high risk people are people with respiratory um illnesses like asthma and things like that um people with autoimmune diseases not uh, not disease autoimmune illnesses such as diabetes and um the elderly so remember that you don't want to you know if you have it, you don't want to spread it to them and you know it's just it's just things to keep in mind you know with something like this, you have to remember to think worst case scenario, you know, you have to think, okay, what if I spread this and, and make it a high risk situation for someone else, you know, so this is important to remember to keep yourself safe, but not only that, but others as well. So, um, you know, this won't last forever. People are saying it's gonna last till May, maybe June. So that's, you know, a month or two, which is a lot. It is a lot when you think about it, when we're so used to being able to go wherever we want, uh, see where, see whoever we want, and do whatever we want. But um, you know, this is, this is new. This is new for all of us. This is new for our parents. This is new for our grandparents. This is something that's, you know, totally left field, but it's something that we're learning to, um, adapt to. And now we're equipped, you know, if this is going to happen, maybe when we're older and we have kids of our own, or, um, you know, maybe when we're grandparents, we'll know what to do. And we'll know that we have been this, we have done this before and we've been through it before. So, you know, it's a learning experience for sure. Um, but yeah, that was my list that I put up today. Um, so if you haven't go haven't checked that out, go check it out. There's a lot of diagrams with that as well that are very helpful that help me remember the things to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, so um, next. Oh, also, uh, if you guys haven't seen it already on our YouTube and our Instagram, we posted this a couple days ago. But 
we talked about how um, how the Embrace Foundation is going to move forward. Um, what we're going to do to protect you, your guys' safety as well as continue to um, um, provide our services and help provide uh, supplies for type 1 diabetics. So what I've done is completely downsized to just myself. I, Like I said, I've stayed in my house for over a month now. When I heard about this, I started to prepare myself and um, I took a leave of absence from my job. I have, a, I have a pretty big savings. So I'm able to kind of self-sustain myself and just stay at home. Um, so I've, I haven't really you know, uh, made contact or, um, been with anybody really for a month other than my close, close family. And they stay at home as well. Um, so I've downsized it to just me. Uh, we have no more volunteers at the moment until this thing passes. So it's just me sending out the supplies. Um, we are not sending out or taking any more supplies or no, sorry. Um, we are not sending out any more supplies. Sorry, we're not sending any supplies that we have gotten in the last month. Anything that we've received in the last month, um, we have left at the post office. Um, we it's it's in our locker, so it's not going to go anywhere. Um, so until we there's like a maybe like a spray or a vaccine or anything like that, we're going to leave it there um, until further notice. Um, it's refrigerated, so it's it's not going to get ruined or you know things like that. So anything that we've received. Um, two months prior to today, we're not going to touch, um, this thing started to really get in the U S about a month ago, but we want to keep it contained. And I don't, I would never, ever want to spread this thing to you guys, to somebody that I love, someone, a part of our community. So I just want to take that precautionary step and leave it there for the next, um, for the time being. Um, secondly, we are, um, only, it's only gonna be me sending out the supplies. We are still going to be sending out supplies, but only the stock that we have, which is a pretty good amount. We are pretty low on insulin now. After I released that message, a lot of people reached out to us for insulin, so we've sent out a lot of insulin. We still have a lot of syringes, pen needles, test strips, glucose meters, um, all those things. So if you need some of that stuff, please reach out. Um, um, I think that's it. Yeah, so that's how we're going to move forward, just downsizing and sending out what we have and and um, not sending out anything that we've received in the last two months. So until further notice, that's how the Embrace Movement um, is going to be. Um, if you guys would like to volunteer, reach out to me um, and see how you can help online. Uh, we have plenty of ways um, you guys can help out if you'd like to um, online and um, ways you guys can lend a hand without um, being physically here. So um, thank you for that. All right. So we're going to end this episode with all the really, really cool um, um, submissions that we've gotten in the last um, 24 hours uh, regarding your um your diagnosis story so here we go um okay so first one i was five and kicked the nurse in the face when i got the iv wow that's that's a that's a story <laughs> um that's insane i wonder i hope the nurse i hope the nurse is okay and i hope they laughed i wonder wow um that, that's <laughs> that's a little impressive uh <laughs> that's that's hilarious all right. Um, all right. Respect to that nurse, by the way. Hopefully it wasn't like a, a nurse that just got out of nursing school and has now decided to change career paths because of you. <laughs> um, next one is I had cysts all over my legs and became a water machine. So my mom, so my mom had me tested. Yeah. When, we're, when you're first getting diagnosed, um, it's yeah, you just you drink a lot. Um, cysts are common. Um, you go, you urinate a lot. So yeah, very common for, um, those things to, to occur. 
Turns out I need insulin and was DKA. So um, DKA is very dangerous. It's um, why we need to take um, our ketones when we are above 250. Um, basically, it's deto, uh, deto ketone acidosis, I think it is. Um, but it's when your um, when your ketones are, are really high to a state where it could be lethal if you don't get it tested and treated immediately. So um, your ketones test if you're going into D DKA, so that's why it's a precautionary measure before it's too late to do something about it. So always check ketones. And that's also a very scary story. I'm happy you're okay and that you got the insulin. But dang, that's insane. Um, I was around, it was around Christmas and I started peeing and drinking constantly. I didn't think it was anything my parent. I didn't think it was anything. My parents took me to the GP where my test was um, positive, so it was transferred to a ward for a week. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, also very common. I remember when I first got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, I was in the hospital for a week. Um, it was crazy. Um, I just remember getting a lot of Dragon Ball Z toys, watching a lot of Dragon Ball Z, and my, a lot of family visiting and things like that. It was a very um, intense time. I think I was, I was only seven, so um, I didn't really understand what was going on. But yeah, they'll, they'll throw you in a, in a ward for a week, um, and you'll be away from home for a while. But um, yeah, it's crazy. It's something we can all relate to for sure. It's too long to type. <laughs> someone really said. Someone said that, and when I saw that, I started laughing so hard. <laughs> um, yeah, I just said understandable. Yeah, sometimes the stories can be longer than what you want to type. Um, so I get that. Um, this one says, "I thought I needed Xanax because I wasn't coping my brother's death well." Um, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, yeah. Um, what I'm get, what I'm taking from this is that. Um, you had type one, you, ha you got diagnosed with type one diabetes, um, at the same time your brother passed away. Um, having, um, dealing with two, not diabetes, not a tragedy, but dealing with two tragedies at the same time or, or, um, two very big life moments can be, um, crucial for a lot of people, which I'm sure it was for you. I'm sure, um, that this moment in time, um, was incredibly hard. Um, you're speaking to me now, um, from a point of view that makes me think that you, you know, you were meant, you were mentally strong enough and that you were able to, um, not get past it, but to wrap your mind around being at peace with these two things. Death is something that is very hard to understand. It's very, um, it's very, yeah, it's very difficult. I myself has, have dealt with um, death very recently actually in this last year and it's something that's you don't know what to do sometimes you want to scream sometimes you want to cry you know you want to keep it to yourself you you know you don't want to continue on and especially with it with a family member um, that's incredibly incredibly difficult so you know I throw my hands up to you in respect and admiration that you were able to deal with something such as that and on top of that um, handle getting type 1 diabetes so much respect to you and um thank you for sharing that incredibly personal story um next person said i was too that's a very very young age to get type 1 diabetes might be the youngest age i've heard someone getting diabetes um i got mine when i was seven um you know it's it's not um it, i feel like it was you know back in the day it was called juvenile diabetes that's what type 1 was because that's when you get type 1 diabetes is when you're a kid but now I've he I'm hearing a lot of stories of people getting it when they're 20, 25, 30. So, um, yeah, that, that, that raised the age-old question of would you rather get type 1 diabetes at a young age or at an older age? Now, you're going to think, obviously, well, duh, I'd get mine at an older age. But a lot of people told me that they wish they got it when they were younger so they were able 
so they'd be able to know how to handle it earlier and also um, just to be able to get used to life with type 1 diabetes, you know. Um, life with type 1 diabetes can be a huge drastic change, especially if you've lived yourself with a pretty laid-back diet, you know, soda, candy, chips, a lot of carbs all the time. Um, and then you suddenly get type 1 diabetes and you got to cut down on a lot of those things. So, um, of course, insulin, you, you know, as long as you take the right amount of insulin, you take it at the right amount of time before you eat um, your diet and lifestyle doesn't have to change that much. But, you know, it's just something to think about. But two, well, very young age. Um, someone said, I was really young and didn't know what was going on. And I was terrified of needle, terrified of needles. Um, yeah, a lot of people, including myself, are terrified of needles. No one likes needles. No one likes to get poked <laughs> three, four, five times a day. Um, but again, the way I like to think about things is when difficulties come, um, it's something for you. It's a growing opportunity. And I know that sounds like, ah, whatever, shut up, Brandon. You know, you, yeah, yeah, you sound like my dad. But it really is. You know, if you think about it beyond just, you know, what it is, it is really is a growing experience, you know? You think about things like, think, like look, I, you said it, you s wrote this out as I was really young. So I'm guessing now you're a lot older. And are you afraid of needles now? I'm guessing not. I'm guessing needle, you look at a needle and you, you know, you don't think twice of it. You just stick it in your arm or your leg or your booty or whatever. And don't think twice. If you didn't have type 1 diabetes, you know, you'd still probably be terrified of needles, you know. Um, you know, so, you know, it's all a growing experience and, you know, getting at a young age, you know, it is unfortunate. But, um, you know, diabetes does definitely, what I'm trying to say is diabetes makes you incredibly strong, incredibly independent and incredibly responsible. So, you know, maybe you went from a young, naive kid to a, who was terrified of needles to a strong, responsible um, headstrong, um, adult that's laughs in the face of needles. So that's cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I was 22, kept telling my family how much, how, how I just could not quench my thirst. My nurse sister made a harmless joke that I was diabetic. We were able to check my blood sugar and I was 700. Oh my gosh. So, 700 is incredibly high. Holy crap. <laughs> that's insane. Uh, wow. Yeah. 700 is like, that is a high, high number. <laughs> I hope you're okay. I would imagine you were thirsty. I imagine you were probably going to the bathroom a lot. Um, shame on your sister for making a joke, but also respect to her for, you know, eventually bringing you to, um, getting you to where you checked your blood sugar and found out sooner than later. Um, but yeah, hopefully you don't get too many 700s now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that case of, this is again, another case of someone getting it a lot older and, I'm handling it. So I hope you're, you're handling it well, and I'm sure you are. Um, the way you're presenting this to me is you're still laughing about that harmless joke that she made, and, you know, you're living with type 1 diabetes as well. So hats off to you, and, um, oh, my gosh, 700. That's the highest number I think I've ever heard someone have. Um, my meter usually says HI if I'm getting that high, so I'm, I may have been 700 myself once, but I don't know. That's a, that's a crazy number that you're 700. Wow. Thanks for sharing. Um Someone just said, I found out that I was diabetic on April 24th, 2019. Wow. So you're coming up on your diversary here. Um, April 24th, a year ago. Um, I would love, if you're listening to this episode, I'd love for you to reach out to me and tell me how you're dealing with it now. Um, any questions that you may have um, and any advice that you need, maybe any tips um, and how you've grown as a person and what you've learned and things like that. Because when you get it, like when you're so new to it, you're, it's so much information to take so many things that work and some, so many things that don't. 
And um, a lot of these things is learning experiences. Um, so, yeah, reach out to me. That's Thank you for sharing that. Um, I was in my mom's lap crying, terrified because I was so young. Truly the scariest day of my life. Um, wow. Yeah, type 1 diabetes, it can be scary, especially if it's presented to you in a scary way. You know, um, when you're so young, you hear, yeah, you're, you have type 1 diabetes. You, gotta, you can't have sugar anymore. Um, you're going to have to poke yourself with a needle before you eat and then poke yourself again with another needle after you eat and um, you got to you got to exercise you know all this stuff that you hear that you now have to do and how your life is now drastically changing it can be incredibly incredibly scary especially when you're young you know you can't get your head around that all you hear is needles and you just want to cry and run in your mom's lap you know sometimes I still, I still do want to run in my mom's lap when my blood sugars are going crazy but um, yeah it can be definitely a scary time something we can all relate to I was nine underweight and an anxious ugly crier <laughs> my mom was like what and that's how i knew um wow i um i'm also you know we uh yeah when you get type 1 diabetes you become underweight i remember seeing rib cages in my or i'd be being able to see my rib cage and um um just going to the bathroom a lot and drinking a lot of water um I think we're all ugly criers, to be honest. No one looks good crying. <laughs> There's those few people that can cry and not their face doesn't change at all. They're just crying. And there's tears coming out of their eyes, but they're not, like, you know, making that face that someone looks like they just pinched your face and it's, like, all squished together. <laughs> um, but, yeah, sometimes this is, this is something that I can it, – it brings me back to a story about when I uh, went on a hike – and my diabetes or my blood sugar went incredibly, incredibly high. Um, I was, on, yeah, I was on top of this mountain. My pump broke. I didn't bring it back up, um, and I had to climb all the way down that mountain. And I was in Utah, and I lived in Vegas, so I had to drive all the way to Vegas um, to the hospital. And there was even like two or three hours before I even got insulin. So I was, with, oh, I think it was like nine hours without insulin. It was an insane time. And by the at the time I was at the the hike, my blood sugar was already a little high. Um, so. I, your body starts your body starts to shut down and just you're i remember crying and not being sad or angry nothing was hurting i was just crying it was insane your, your body starts to shut down when you become without insulin over that long and your blood sugar gets that high it was crazy so maybe that's why you're crying too um you know you're not i'm, I'm sure you're not that <laughs> you're not that ugly of a crier you know i'm sure there's much have you seen that that picture of kim kardashian crier she gets the crown so you know, take, find solace in knowing that you're at least not as ugly as Kim Kardashian crying, you know. <laughs> um, I went into a coma when I was 11 for two days, and after a week of learning everything, I went home. Wow. I haven't heard um, a story like that yet. I haven't heard of something, someone be, um, getting into a coma um, when being di uh, diagnosed. So that's insane. Um, wow. Someone just said, the day I got diagnosed. Thanks. <laughs> I think I think they're being sarcastic, which I hope because I, I saw this and I started laughing. I like looked for the next response and uh, <laughs> I think someone's just being funny because I said, tell us about the time you found out you're diabetic. And they said, the day I got diagnosed. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, someone said, tell us about the time you found out. Oh, I just read my question again. Um, my brother and cousin were diagnosed before me, so I started peeing along and I knew. So yeah, it's it's helpful when people around you have type one diabetes because they'll know the the symptoms. They they will see it and they'll remember the time you know they were doing the same thing. So that could be you know your brother and your cousin having type one diabetes. I'm sure you can you find friendship in that and you find um, 
you find um, fellowship in that, which is cool. You find, um, you know, you're not going through it alone. No one's going through type 1 diabetes alone. But when you have someone that's physically there all the time, that also has it, it helps. So that, that's, that's, that's really cool. Shout out to you guys. I was having shortage of breath and had stomach pains. My mom put fluid down me and went to the ER. Wow. Um, yeah, so I don't remember having a shortage of breath, but I do remember having stomach pains. So that's, that's crazy. You know, another, this is crazy to, to think about. Um, obviously like you, you're going to have to go a certain amount of time with such a high blood sugar before you even go to the, the hospital or ER, because you don't know you have, you don't know you have diabetes yet. So your blood sugar is just going to get high and high and high. You don't need, you don't know that you need insulin yet. So it's going to get so high to the point that your body starts to freak out. And then you're going to be like, okay, now I need to go to the, to the hospital. So that's always, that's always mind boggles me. And there's no way around that, but it's just, <laughs> it's unfortunate that your blood sugar has to get that high until you go to the ER. Crazy. Thank you for sharing. Um, the day before Thanksgiving last year, but luckily I wasn't in the hospital. My A1C was 8.2. Wow. Um, the, so you got diabetes the day before Thanksgiving. Hmm. Last year too. Wow. I wonder how, how was your Thanksgiving? I'd love for you to reach out. How was your Thanksgiving? Did you not eat at all? Like, I just remember, oh, I don't know how old you are, but I remember when I first had diabetes, my parents didn't let me have anything. It was literally just water and chicken. Like, they were so scared to give me any sort of carbs. Um, so I want to I I know how your, your Thanksgiving was. So <laughs> let me know. That sucks that was the day before. I mean, I kind of, that'd be kind of cool if it was the day after, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I guess diabetes doesn't come um, conveniently, I guess. But thank you for sharing that. Um, the doctor let my mom, who was also diabetic, tell me. And the first thing I said was cool. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I read this. Um, the person who sent this, sent this to me has been um, a follower of the page since, like, day one. A great sense of humor. He's from, like, England. Um, such a cool kid. He has such a great um, person uh, personality and a great sense of humor. Um, his name is Tom. Such a funny. He's actually on the podcast. He was on our last episode. Um, but, yeah, I, I laughed so hard when I I laughed so hard when I saw this. Um, and, and he totally seems like the guy who would literally just say cool <laughs> after finding out <laughs> uh, finding out some information like this. Um, sometimes all you can do is say cool. You know, sometimes when getting information like that, like, hey, you have diabetes, like, you know, maybe cool is the, <laughs> the best response. <laughs> you know, it, it's sometimes you got to, you know, you got to le- not let it get you down. You got to not let it, you know, you know, you can't overthink it sometimes. Of course, it's a big, you know, of course, it's a big step. It's a big life change, of course, in the beginning. But, you know, take the power away from it by just saying, cool. All right. How can I adapt to it? Uh, how can I move forward? Um, this kid's a living example. He's a, you know, the captain of his soccer team, killing it. Um, he gave me advice. He was like, one advice that I have type uh, for type 1 diabetics. It's a video that's also on our, our um, Instagram page. But he was like, um, they told me to go in the hospital, um, at school, they told me to go in the nurse's office and eat with the nurse and be away from my friends and all that thing. And he was like, you know what? I just, I go in there like, a little bit before lunch starts. I test my blood sugar and then I go eat with my friends. He said, diabetes doesn't have to be something where it's like, you know, something you have to, you know, be so, so like, you know, cautious. Of course you have to be cautious, but you know, something that you, it's going to completely derail all your, you know, the great, the, the great parts of life. You can have type one diabetes and still enjoy all these great things like eating lunch with your friends, you know. Sometimes adults get overcautious, of course, that's normal. But, you know, you just have to take diabetes by the horns and just, you know, take control of it. And this is exactly what Tom does, especially with this response of saying, <laughs> cool. I think he might be the only kid who's ever said cool 
to hearing that he has type 1 diabetes. A true, a true goat right here. Shout out to Tom. I was four and, all, and almost in a coma, but I don't remember a lot. Wow, second coma story. And four years old. Holy crap. That's insane. Four years old and having a coma. Yeah. Um, I can imagine you don't remember a whole lot when you were four. I don't remember a whole lot um, when I was seven um, when I got diagnosed. I just remember, you know, my rib cage peeing a lot. I threw up, drinking a lot of water. And then I remember sitting on the uh, little hospital bed. And then they were telling my parents that I had type 1 diabetes. And they were both crying. And I was so confused. I was so lost. I didn't know what really what to think of it and what diabetes was and all those things. And I do remember seeing like this big painting on the wall. It was a white wall. It was a, a doctor like walking with children and those butterflies. It was kind of fun. I found a little bit of peace in it. So, but yeah, wow, crazy. Coma. I've never been in a coma, but you know, happy that you got out of it. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're taking care of your diabetes and, and you're, um, you're, um, you know, you're doing well with it, which I'm sure you are. I was feeling very weird, so we went to the hospital. My blood sugar was 600, and I was in the ICU for two days. Wow. Yeah, like I said earlier, it's it's so unfortunate that your blood sugar has to get to this high of a level until, you know, you go and get it checked. But, yeah, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. ICU for two days. Dang. The day before I walked a JDRF walk, couldn't make it all the way more to the store in no room. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, they can add it. They can add more to the the comment. But he said the day before I walked a JDRF walk, couldn't make it all the way. More to the story, no room. Hmm. Um, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, make sure to try and reach out to me. I'd love to hear more about the story. Even if you'd you would like to hop on and be a guest, I'd love to hear the rest of that story. Um, Doc said I need I had a sinus infection and, and to drink OJ. Ended up almost dying because of it. Holy crap! Get this dude fired. Get this doctor fired. How can you mess up? diagnosing someone with type 1 diabetes but not only that but on top of that telling them they need to drink orange juice which is like the opposite of what you should do um oh my gosh get this guy fired maybe it was his first day who knows um seven years old in the doctors only thing i really remember is not wanting to go to sick kids because i was not sick <laughs> yeah um it's i always find it hilarious i actually work with kids um in a daycare sort of thing so it's always hilarious the things that kids think or say um it's funny how, how stubborn they can be in in you know in certain things like not wanting to be in sick kids because you're not sick um that's pretty funny i find that hilarious um yeah that's hilarious all right uh oh and someone said oh and it was 10 years this past january well congratulations 10 years strong with type 1 diabetes, I know you are excelling. You are killing it. I know you are probably have type 1 diabetes totally under control and that you are killing it. Of course, we have our bad days and our great days, but overall, I know that you have it handled and type 1 diabetes is nothing for you. So happy diversity from all of us at the Embrace Foundation. Congratulations and um, keep going strong um, and keep, you know, working at it every day. A true, true feat to be proud of. Good job. My family was crying and I didn't know why, but now I know why they did. I was only seven, so I'm getting a lot of seven years old diagnoses here, including myself. I've, I think we've gotten like six people that now that told us they got it when they were seven. So, and this is, all, I feel like I wrote this. <laughs> it literally looks like my same exact situation. My family was crying and I didn't know why, but now I know why they did. I was only seven. Hmm. Yeah, you know, sometimes it can be, you know, to your family, it can be heartbreaking because just like uh, we didn't know all the way. 
they don't know what really what type 1 diabetes entails so you know our first reaction is to cry because we don't know what's going on and what that means but i know um i'm sure you're killing it and you're you're doing you're taking it um you're taking control of type 1 diabetes so yeah thanks for sharing um a few more i was 13 and didn't cry until five hours later and realized i'd have it forever yeah it can be you know there's there's those stages you know when you're like nah i don't have it and you're like oh crap i have it and i have it forever you know um i'm sure you know now um it's been a i'm sure it's been a couple of years since you've got diagnosed it is forever but it's not as bad as it seems you know diabetes can be a drastic change in the beginning but you know really in actuality it's just it's just life still with a few adaptions and a few adjustments you know, you just have to prick yourself before you eat, you know, take your insulin, you know, exercise and keep your your diet healthy and under control, which are things you should be doing anyways. So, um, you know, of course it can be scary when you're 13, you know, all your friends are drinking soda and eating pizza and having cake all the time. And now you feel like the weird, the weird one and you feel like left out and you feel like, you you know, your life is flipped upside down, which is of course it's normal. It's how I felt. It's how we've all felt. Um, but you know, you've had, you'll have it forever, but you know, you, you, you'll learn, you'll, you're going to learn how to control it if you haven't already. I was on vacation in Turkey. Wow. At least you're on vacation in Turkey. Something I can, a lot of us can never say we did. So, um, not a bad time. I mean, there's never a great time to get diabetes, but you know, at least you're in Turkey. At least you weren't in him. I'm, I'm bad. I'm sorry. I'm actually at the, at the podcast at this point. <laughs> um... Yeah, you're on vacation in Turkey. I would like to know more about the story. Were you hanging out? Were you by the beach? Were you chilling? And then out of nowhere, you just felt crappy? Or did you have to fly home? Or did you have to go to the hospital in Turkey? Um, do you live in Turkey? Or did you live in Turkey? There's more to the story that I need to get to the bottom of. And you left out a lot of details. And now I'm curious. So please let us know. Um, Ten years ago, tired, super skinny, three lead, three red lobster pink lemonades. Blood sugar was too high for the meter. Hoo-wee. Ten years you were tired, super skinny, and you had three red lobster pink lemonades. What are you doing drinking three red lobster pink lemonades? That's insane for anyone. I can imagine your, your blood sugar went off the charts. <laughs> but I uh, hope you have, you know, get, drink a red lobster pink lemonade every once in a while. You know, enjoy life and um, drink that in homage to that time that you were in uh, red lobster. And uh, last one, it was a month before my 18th birthday to the day. Had to go to St. Joe's ICU with a blood sugar at 8.57. Holy crap. Wow. Our last submission (laughs) and our highest, 857. That's literally almost 1,000. Wow. I'm surprised. Wow, that's insane. I'm happy that you made it out alive, and I'm happy that you're okay. Um... Dang, that's incredible. That's actually, like, impressive in the most worst way. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's all the submissions we have for you guys. Thank you guys so much for participating. Welcome to Season 2 of the Embrace Podcast. Um, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you guys um, want to, go ahead and participate. Go ahead, go ahead and tap into our questions tomorrow. We're going to have two more questions tomorrow, and we're going to answer them on tomorrow's podcast. Um, we're gonna have a lot of fun this season and I hope you guys join us for along the ride. If you'd like to be a guest on our podcast or you know someone who'd be a great guest, please reach out to us. Please send us a DM or send me an email at embracemovement at gmail.com. E-M-B-R-A-C, the number three, movement at gmail.com. 
Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening so much. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, diabetes is all about embracing, enduring, and overcoming type 1 diabetes. So thank you so much um, for joining this ride with us. Again, I am your host, Mr. Brandon, um, the founder of the Embrace Movement. I love all of you guys. You guys are all special to me, and I love this community. Um, I want to say thank you again for sharing these personal stories. We all remember that time. Maybe it was difficult. Maybe it was a learning experience or something you look back on and laugh at. Each story is unique but special to us. Sharing these stories helps us call back to that time and helping others or, and hearing others brings us all together and know that we are and, th- and knowing that there are so many of us there that share that same experience and that same feeling. Um, so, yeah, thank you guys again for listening. You guys rock. This has been the Embrace Podcast. I'll see you next Wednesday.